Good morning, and welcome to Midpoint Wednesday. I'm Shelley Reback, your host for WMNF's Mid-Florida, Mid-Week, Mid-Morning Dose of News and Public Affairs with a Local Perspective. You are listening to WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa Bay's only independent, commercial-free FM radio, brought to you by you because we are supported by generous listeners just like you. Today is almost the winter holiday break, and next week I will be out on vacation, so we will not have a live Midpoint show next week. I don't know what Sean Canan or the powers that be in WMNF's Politburo have in store for you next week in this hour, but this week we are so fortunate to welcome back to WMNF one of my favorite commentators on Tampa Bay's politics and culture, Mr. Dan Ruth. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dan Ruth is a Pulitzer Prize-winning editorial writer with the Tampa Bay Times, formerly a columnist with the Tampa Tribune, and now a professor in the USF Honors College. He even had his own show on WMNF at one time, didn't you? I did indeed. Yeah, so welcome back to WMNF. It was in this studio. In this studio, yeah. Well, we, so in you your know, chair. It's new chairs, though. <laughs> in new chairs, we got new chairs. Uh, thanks to our generous listeners, <laughs> we finally got new chairs in here. And the wet bar is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to WMNF. We're so happy to have you back with us. Thank so, you. Dan's a longtime astute observer of the scene in Florida and Tampa Bay, and he has always had fresh insights and a sharp eye for the foibles and hypocrisy of our political leaders. So as it is our one-year wrap-up show, we're going to review some of the highlights and lowlights of the past year in news stories out of Florida and particularly in the Tampa Bay region. Now, regular listeners know that Midpoint covered many of the most interesting and often egregious political and legal events of 2022 in Florida, and now we get a chance to review them with Dan for his take, but we also welcome your input into this show. This will be sort of an AMA, an Ask Me Anything format, so you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org. Or you can text us at 813-433-0885 and you can point us to the news stories that made a great impression on you this year and we'll get Dan's take on them too. Uh, Let me start by mentioning something I heard you, Dan, say at a presentation that you gave uh, to the Tiger Bay Discussion Club last Friday that Mm -hmm. made a real impression on me. So, Dan, you talked about the importance of civic literacy there. Mm -hmm. And you said, and I quote something like this, uh, society without civic literacy is a gullible society. What do you mean by civic literacy, and what is missing from society that is maybe causing so many people to be so gullible that they will, for example, pay $99 for a supposed... NFT of Trump as a superhero <laughs> when they can just copy-paste a JPEG of the same image for free. I mean, what has happened to those people? What exactly are they missing? Uh, God, I think we need more than an hour for this. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I teach this out at USF. I, I teach a class in <clears throat> civic literacy and current events. Uh, and to make a very long story as short as possible, I've been, I've been teaching that class for about the past 17 years. And when I first discovered uh, teaching in the honors that many of my students 
who are the brightest and the best students on campus. I mean, these are great kids. SATs off the charts, GPAs off the charts. And they're all in these very demanding majors like biomed and physics and chemistry and engineering. And yet the students I discovered many years ago had no understanding of the world around them. I mean, at the time, this was around 2005, uh, they didn't know who Dick Cheney was, who was the vice president at the time and probably the most powerful vice president and dangerous vice president we've ever had. And I discovered that many of these students, for all their academic intellectual gifts, uh, couldn't name three Supreme Court justices. A lot of them didn't know the three branches of government. And so I started teaching this class on <clears throat> civic literacy and current events. And as I said at Tiger Bay, at first I thought in the first few years I did that, that all, that all I was really doing was some remedial work, that these were kids who had been uh, as as gifted as they were, had been sorely disserved by their secondary education, which f- put a very low premium on um, uh, the teaching of history and civics and so hey, forth. Hey, listen, you know, my son was a business major at a very, uh, you know, fancy private college, and their business curriculum was so tight that he had almost no space in his uh, schedule to be able to take any liberal arts classes mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And he, le- he learned no history, no literature, no... You know, it's crazy right. now. And I think it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. Because, uh, as I said at, at Tiger Bay, when I first taught this, I thought, well, I'm just doing some remedial work. If I get these kids to read the newspaper and become a little more aware, I've, my work is done here. I don't think that as much anymore. And I pointed to January 6th as, a, as an example of what I, what I think I'm, I hope I'm talking about, which is that event on the 6th. Yes, people say it was an insurrection. Yes, it was an attempted coup of the United States. Yes, it was an attempt to usurp the uh, free and fair election in this country. But more importantly to me, when I look at those those people attacking the Capitol and threatening to hang Mike Pence and all this stuff, to me, it was a tribute to stupid. That these were people who are, I'm sorry, stupid who had allowed themselves to be led astray by a a grifting talk show host, game show host, who had lucked out into becoming president of the United States and to following his his whims. And the reason for that is they don't understand how our government works. They don't understand the history of this country. They don't understand uh, the concept of of a peaceful transfer of power because they have spent those people have spent the past many years being led around by the nose by people like Trump, by Rush Limbaugh, by Glenn Beck, by Tucker Carlson, into believing uh, lies. And we didn't. I, I, I'm. A, I think I'm quite a bit older than you are, but I was. I'm. I'm 73, and I was. I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and no one questioned Dwight Eisenhower's legitimacy to be president. Mm-hmm. No one questioned the efficacy of the polio vaccine. Indeed, parents were tripping over themselves to get, uh, to get their children vaccinated against this horrible disease. We had a base level of reality that everybody could accept, whether you were a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or conservative, at least there was a basic understanding of reality. Yeah, and we're of, losing that because yeah, part of the, uh, the problem is that if everything is suspect and everything's a lie, there's, there's, you know, no definite, no, no. It, it's common, anarchy. 
Right. It's, it's an absolute anarchy. Yeah. And and because of our social media today and because of all these this this, this plethora of information or disinformation silos that people cocoon themselves in, it's very difficult to establish a, just a basic common denominator yeah, of what's nobody true. Nobody agrees on facts. Right. Let me, let me take a call here from uh, DeAndre, who's been very patient, and see what, what they have to say. Okay, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. I really was hoping to try to see if you could help me connect the dots on this matter of uh, dilution of information, but in like certain sectors, not necessarily just politics, but with the economy. I feel like there's so much promise in the future when it comes to particularly something I call and talk about often, which is technology. And I feel like there's so many different sorts when it comes to automobiles and things like that. And there was that matter of, oh, you know, you have to worry about lithium-ion batteries. This is just for an example. And they are exploding, and there's this and there's that. But, like, there's new battery tech that's out, you know, and uh, other types of machinery to improve existing automobiles and things. And I'm like, you know, Tesla. Well, wait, what's your question for Dan or for me? What's your question? Like, my question is, where is the dilution coming from when certain, you know, things uh, uh, to help improve society, you know, uh, are being demonstrated, you know, by big companies? Um, where's that dilution coming from where it doesn't make it to local network television? Okay, well, let's see what Dan well, has to say. Thank you I, for the call. I, I frequently, in my, the classes I teach, I sometimes hold up the cell phone. And I tell them that you hold in your hand probably one of the greatest inventions in the history of mankind. I always say you hold in your hand the entirety of the world's knowledge. Yes, yes, you do. You have more power in this cell phone than the first space shuttle had. Yeah. And so it's a tremendous, it's one of the great, I tell them it's the second greatest invention in the history of mankind. And they fail to identify the first greatest invention, which is a Bombay Sapphire gin martini <laughs> with three olives. But <laughs> but this is number two. Okay. This is number two. And, and so while it has, we benefit greatly from this, but it's also a tremendous source of malevolence. And because it can spread disinformation, it can spread hate, it can spread, uh, we can smear your reputation, somebody can, with just a few keystrokes. And so it's been, this device has become both a blessing and a burden uh, to society uh, because it, it has been used for so many uh, devious purposes. And we saw that in, the, in its full flower in, in, January. on January 6th. Yeah, in fact, one of the things that you mentioned, I heard you mention before when you were talking about uh, the lack of civic literacy being dangerous for society is you put it in the context of it being dangerous to our national an, security, I do, which I, I thought was really interesting. I, I know, I, I, and I, when I when I hear myself saying that, I think maybe I'm being a little over melodramatic, but I do believe it because, quite simply, and we've seen this, we have the evidence of it right in front of us that a civically illiterate society, a stupid society is a vulnerable society and a gullible society that can be easily manipulated by malevolent forces. Can you imagine, Shelley, can you imagine if Hitler and Goebbels had had access to the Internet? I mean, it would have been just 
I can't even begin to fathom what, what what the world would be like. And it was Goebbels, I believe, who said that if you repeat a lie often enough, it suddenly becomes true yeah. in the minds of many people right. because we have siloed ourselves. I told this joke at the at the Tiger Bay Club about my father reading the editorial page of the Akron Beacon Journal and crumpling it up in his hands and throwing it on the ground and going, "GD communist," but. He believed that the editor, the, the publisher, the Akron Beacon Journal, John Knight, was a communist. And he was a, my father was a very conservative guy. But, but, he never canceled the subscription to the paper. It was still a source of information and irritation <laughs> to him at the same time. But today, people are, are looking for that silo where they're comfortable and where they're not challenged where they don't have to worry about uh, being wrong. They're in their little, you know, whether it's, their, whether it's your anti-Semitic silo or your homophobic silo, silo or your white nationalist silo, and you're right all the time. You get to be right 24-7 with that, and you're down there with all these like-minded people, and everybody agrees with everybody else to the exclusion of any other alternative viewpoint or reality, more pointedly. Yeah, one of the problems with... Uh you know, getting people to the point of civic literacy is the lack of, you know, more open information. We have fewer news outlets, fewer media outlets than we've ever had before because of mm -hmm. consolidation and because of the, you know, the closure of so many newspapers. Obviously, you know, the Tampa Tribune right. is gone. We had so many different sources of information earlier. But they were all operating, again, on a common base level of reality and you had and i know this is people you know who, who believe the media is just a bunch of liberal you know anti-republican types but you had a, you had gatekeepers who decided what was news what the public would would benefit from knowing and what was complete bs and that filter that gatekeeper function has virtually disappeared uh, across our, our media spectrum, whether it's you know our, your cable news environment or or social media, uh, it's disappeared. You think it's disappeared, or do you think it's more that um, like the editors have taken on the 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 role of ensuring that no matter what the story is, they're going to both sides now of it. Well, you know, that's, both sides. I, I think there's even a, in places where there's no justification for yeah, the other side. I, I agree Hitler, with Hitler, good or bad. Right. You know? <laughs> what do you think? You yeah. know? Uh, I think that's true. I mean, they're, they're because the there are very the, fine people every, on yes, both sides. Everybody's, everybody's trying to be fair. We need to tell both sides. Well, what if the other side is certifiably crazy? And what if the other side of the story are telling lies? And disinformation. Are we supposed to give that the same weight as truth and reality? Yeah, that's the worry now. When you you know some of the newspapers, the way that, for example, you know the New York Times, uh, you know Judith Miller went unquestionably, you know, into promoting the war because the government said we had to go to war in Iraq. Well, you and know? it was and Mr. Cheney, yes, that fed her. Right. The steady diet. But of, there was an unquestioning, you know, there was no skepticism about it. There well, was, in that case, it was a feedback loop where they had this, uh, uh, what was, oh, the, the source's name was Curveball, ironically yeah. enough. Yeah. And they got Curveball 
to contact Judith uh, Miller and feed her with they this this nonsense about Saddam having nuclear weapons and so forth, and it was fed to her by Cheney via curveball to Judith Miller. So she thought she had a legitimate source, and they were playing her for a chump, and it worked. And, but you know, the, I fault the editors though too for not pushing against it or publishing well, the other side and, of it. And people paid for that. Yeah, people did. Some, you know, I don't know. And it here, doesn't seem to have discouraged here, the the media but though. Here, from here's an important lesson from that too. The New York Times owned up to it. The New York Times investigated itself, and and in a rather substantial takeout in, in the paper, admitted that it had made mistakes, admitted that they had been played for chumps. How often do you get that on Fox News? Okay, true. I'll give you that. Let me take a call from Fran from Largo, who's been very patient. Uh, Fran, you're on the air. Oh, okay. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Fran. Good to hear you. Good to hear you. It's been <laughs> it's so One of my long. regulars. <laughs> she follows me from radio station to radio station. I'm being, I'm being stalked here. Well, we're happy to have him back at WMNF, at least uh, for today. It's a nice Christmas gift, too. Yeah, well, you're um, very kind. Um, my, uh, my whole thing I want to talk about is people, uh, well, they, they don't really listen to what, um, you know, uh, behind what, like, politicians are saying. They vote against their own interests. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, they listen to these um, uh, things like, oh, this is for your freedom and the flag waving and all of that stuff. And uh, people, well, people, they they have other things they're worried about and they don't want to concentrate and read a newspaper or anything like that. My, my sources of information are the newspaper, uh, the Tampa Bay Times, television. Sure, I watch the network news. I also watch the PBS news and I listen to WMNF. And, um, well, thank you, also- Fran. Yeah. Oh, yes. Every just about every day when I can, and uh, even creative loafing. Now, uh, I I don't have a computer. I don't have a smartphone, and uh, I I feel better off without it. I don't know. That's just me, though. Well, but, uh, you, uh, you know, we I think maybe we operate in slightly different environments because thanks, I, Fran. I, I I encourage okay. my students to watch Fox. Go watch it. Listen to. You know, uh, Tucker Glenn Beck and, and all these people. Yeah. Watch it. Watch One American News. Watch Newsmax. Under, uh, you got to understand what these people are talking about and where they're coming from. So, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tune into you know, Glenn Beck for about 20 seconds till my head <laughs> explodes. But at least, you know, I'll, I'll tune into him. I'll listen to him. Well, where do you get your news now, Dan? What You know, who do you think? Let me, I won't put you on the spot to talk about Tampa Bay Times, but who do you think is doing a good job telling the stories and uh, and and giving us the news that needs uh, to be told locally? uh, I I do, you know, uh, I'm I'm a loyal um, reader of the Tampa Bay Times. I read it, I get get it two days a week on my driveway. Uh Uh-huh. And I I, uh, follow it online. I also have online subscriptions to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Um, Me too. I, I listen to NPR. I like the BBC. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And again, I do. I I, I do uh, dip into you know uh, conservative media because it's important to. It's important to understand what they're talking about. You know, on the local level, though, I found that Creative Loafing has been doing just mm-hmm. a bang-up job on local mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. You know, following uh, 
you know, the the doings of our our, our local <clears throat> politicians, uh, well, like any, doing investigative reports. Uh, nature reports a vacuum. And and where you know um, perhaps the Tampa Times, the uh, Tampa Bay Times may not be covering a certain area or whatever, uh, they they've stepped up and God bless them for it. Yeah, I, I really I think that they've been doing a a really great job of that. And of course, you know <clears throat> it's always fun to read Patrick Montega's as we heard it column in La Gazzetta for the you know the best uh, political gossip. He's and, a very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, some people keep talking to him. Just like his father. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, one of the other things we talked about um, was uh, people, public, the trend of public figures just not showing up for the public anymore. Right, because they don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to. This seems to be an especially prevalent strategy in the Republican community. Elected officials or especially candidates are invited to present their views at a debate or a public forum or a discussion club like Tiger Bay, uh, and they just decline. They don't show up. They don't open themselves up to questions from the electorate or from the public that they're elected to serve. And how are we letting them get away with that? Well, for some of the same thing reasons that we've been, been talking about, they don't have to. Or they feel they don't have to. Let well, me, let me we are it. allowing them yes. to not be responsive no, and, to the and public. And there's no real price to pay uh, for it until the voters weigh in. Uh, so, you know, there's no... It, these people are campaigning in either in a retail level in person in areas where they know they're not going to be terribly challenged. And they're also dedicating uh, enormous sums of money to direct mail and, and advertising to get television, to get television and- radio to get their to get their particular message across without having to be challenged. And a lot of that has to do, I think, with the, the decline in newspaper readership is that they're, they're not being held accountable. And when they are, it's to a much smaller audience. And that's not a healthy. That's not a healthy thing. And you know, again, I think that I would dare say you may know this. I don't. I don't know this. I could be. If I'm wrong, please correct me. I, I suspect that Ron DeSantis has never appeared before the Tiger Bay Club. No, I don't think he's ever appeared before any Tiger Bay Club anywhere in the in the state. No, I don't think so. I mean, he barely appears before journalists right. at a press conference. Right. You know, and it he doesn't has, appear to have hurt his prospects. No, it doesn't. Now, if he decides to run for president, and we all know he is going to run for president, sure. the dynamic of that will change because he can't avoid, at least in the early stages of the campaign, having to show up at these candidate forums, whether it's in Iowa or New Hampshire or here in Florida or South Carolina. He's going to have to share a stage with other candidates, including Mr. Trump, uh, who's very good at those at, the, at those events. Yeah, but you know, and, they're not responsive to the public. They're more like rallies. Yes, they're like pep rallies. But when those events occur, when they have these candidate forums where they're all on a stage with Pence and Pompeo and Nikki Haley and Trump and God knows who else, he's going to have to do, they're going to attack him and he's going to have to defend himself. And he's going to have to do it in a articulate way. And we know he's not very good at that. No, he's like a robot. <clears throat> I think Casey plugs him in every once in a while and, and to, to say, the kill of, the woke. And This then- is where the state of Florida may have set a record, that it elected two robotic governors in a row. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I'm convinced that's you, the new technology. I'm if you opened up Rick Scott, right. you'd find a motherboard in there somewhere. <laughs> Listen, that's the new technology that Florida's pioneering. Yeah. He Robotic he, governors. He, he bleeds wires. You know. It's, <laughs> Let uh, me take a call from John in Newport Ritchie or Port Ritchie. John, you're on the air. Hey, thanks for the show. Yeah, boy, there's a lot there because, like you said, they are definitely in their silos. Um, I have a friend who I've tried to show over and over again where Fox has lied to them about Joe Biden making a statement that he that he gave to withheld two billion dollars from Ukraine to stop an investigation. Right, right, right. I've given him transcripts from U.S. Senate hearings where they talk about this, where they right. say, "No, this is American policy right. to withhold money from them. This is the international." monetary fund. I'm like... Right, right, right. I'm so lie. glad you brought that up. So, but my question is, I guess, is I there's some people you just can't get through. But right. like, are, you, are you talking about we, my family? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got people like that, too. But it's like, they, I, I don't know. It's like, I, and I think one of the things is there's no accountability. Like you said, well, politicians aren't held. They don't have to say anything because gerrymandering they that's know right. they're going to get elected so there's no real consequences that's right so one of the, one of the things i was thinking about is like when you do these debates like when when DeSantis says i'm against woke i'm against woke and then you maybe you could bring up something like so you're you're against injustice or you're or you're you're for injustice he, in in andrew warren's woke. trial apparently his lawyers said that he does not believe that there is systemic uh, discrimination. He just doesn't believe it exists. Who, DeSantis? Yeah, okay. and that, and, and, and so that's what he means by the woke, uh, a critical race none theory. Of, yeah, none yeah. of this stuff Systemic is going to be heard by those people because they all listen to Fox or Newsmax or and and like you said, yeah, I listen to conservative radio. My main news source is all radio. I don't really watch TV news, but I listen to USF, WMF, uh, WMNF. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I watch some PBS News Hour if I do watch news. I listen to the conservative radios, uh, Clay in the Morning, and and those guys. And it's just like I listen to them and I just laugh because what they're saying is just so ridiculous and outrageous. Invariably, if you sit there and listen to those guys, I, I do this sometimes. That we're all in thirty seconds, you'll hear like four things that are just wrong, <laughs> or, or Fact, just factually inaccurate. And it's like. You just said this, and then you just contradicted yourself with that. Right. It's like, are there audiences even listening to this? It's like, seriously? But that's the problem is they don't listen to that. They don't listen to the other side. They're never going to hear this. So how do you get these people to hear this stuff? And the, only thing, and the other thing, too, like you mentioned, the critical race theory. So, you know, like during these debates, they should call them out and say, oh, so you're for racism if you're not for critical race theory. Well, remember <laughs> you know, Andrew Gillum saying, I'm not saying he's a racist. I'm saying the racists <laughs> say he's a racist. Now, the big question is, once again, I'm going to show my friend this so he won't believe this. So where can I find that where the attorney for DeSantis said that there is no real problem with woke? Where is it? If you Google the Andrew Warren trial um, that went um, what last, was it, a last uh, week or two uh, weeks ago? Uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah, about two weeks uh, ago. And the decision's expected any day. Yeah, and any minute. Uh, any minute, yeah, this week. But uh, in that trial, the uh, they were asked to define, um, you know, what he means by woke. And that's yeah, what and that, they said. Well, I, That's really good because nobody, they, they come up with these great words that have no real, when you ask them, 
What's just woke? What is in the essence? Well, you can make an argument. You can make an argument, I think, that no one is more woke than Ron DeSantis. (laughs) What? What? Because, I mean, everything offends him. Everything. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing is snowflakes. Guys, I was looking at that I, too. I say, but like, God, you guys are the biggest snowflakes in the world. Right. Well, the, the liberals, they just shame you in it by doing it publicly. You guys pass legislation. <laughs> so what? You guys are worse. Well, I'm and, like you, and you, you, so you, 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 made a, you made a comment a moment ago that, that I think is, is bears uh, focusing on. These people aren't accountable because of gerrymandering, because exactly. they control the legislature uh, in this state so dramatically yeah. that they're in these safe, they're in these the safe districts. Huh? For that. What's that? Even though we passed the Constitution yes. not to have gerrymandering, yes. I think they should just make it simple and go, we just take the districts and we make them look at the top three party registrations, or you could do the top four party registrations in the state, and every district has do to Do we be have four parties? Put that way. What's that? I said, I don't parties. think we have four parties well, in the state. Obviously, but well, I, 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 take, I take your point, so but as a practical... Democrat, Republican, independent, non-party, something but as like a, that. But as a practical political matter, you'll never get that done because it would require the acquiescence of all the parties, but especially... Do you think the Republicans would do anything well, uh, that, would, no. that would dilute their power and influence in the state legislature? Of no. course not. I was l- listening to a one about Ohio where they're talking about gerrymandering, and they just put it off, put it off, put it off. Let the Supreme Court do it. The Supreme Court said, no, you can't do it. It was an interesting thing how they just showed how the Republicans. Yeah. Well, thanks. Timing, timing, timing. Thanks, John, for calling in all and right. for all your thoughts. I appreciate all it. Right. We appreciate right, you listening. Um, I've got an email here from Will Greaves who says, at the end of the day, all that matters to politicians these days is fundraising. And as long as they're getting their mega donations from large corporations, statistics show that they will win. It's gone downhill fast since Citizens United. Absolutely. And until we get real campaign finance reform, I don't see any of it changing, unfortunately. That's from Will. And Well, we saw that in the in just this, this, this gubernatorial election. Yeah. Where Ron DeSantis had, what, 10, 15 times more money right. than, than Charlie Crist. And since the election, his coffers have ballooned up to about a 90, he has like a 90, I think 90 million, uh, $90 million war chest sitting there in the bank in Tallahassee. So, duh, of course he's going to run for president. Yeah, really. I mean, people are making an early investment in That's him, right. you know, because yeah. they think he is going to run. Uh, if you just turned it, tuned into us, this is Midpoint on WMNF Radio, and we're talking to longtime mm-hmm. Tampa Observer and Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and uh, columnist, editorial writer, uh, Dan Ruth, um, who's now a professor in the USF Honors College teaching civic literacy. Among other things. Among other things. And you can join our conversation by calling 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three. You can email us at dj at wmnf dot org, or you can text us at eight one three four three three zero eight eight five. So send us your questions for Dan, and he's always got some great answers. Um, I have Mike in Sarasota on the line. Mike's been patient. Mike, you're on the air. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to respond to one of your callers who said that uh, she thinks that uh, people are voting against their own interests. And what I would like to say is I think that she is assuming that people are stupid. And, uh, and here's, here's my argument. This democratic idea uh, or democratic uh, strategy of assembling a bunch of diverse interest groups and promising each, uh, each one of them concessions around election time, 
most of us realize this is no way to run a government. You, you know, you want to offer seniors something, gay something, black something, you know, Puerto Rican something. Realize that that's no way, no way to run a whole system. And so a lot of us who, who she would think are voting against our own self-interest are just people realizing that in order to have a system, you have to have a, it has to work for the entire system, not just to offer presence to different interest groups. Well, that's interesting, Mike, you know, because um, the, the, the actual way that government, representative government functions is exactly what you're saying um, shouldn't be happening. In other words, you know, people in Congress are constantly making compromises like my constituents want this, your constituents want that. And in order to get to, you know, some bill or some law that everybody can support, there's got to be, you know, promises made and compromises uh, worked out. And, and that's how we that's how we get to policymaking. Well, I suggest that you read the Federalist Papers involving Madison, Hamilton and Jefferson. And they cover this very topic. Do you give the people you know what, what? What you know? And again, you know who who knows exactly what the people want. That's kind of a nebulous idea. Do you give the people what they want, or do you give the people what is good for them? And that's the reason we have representative government, and that's the reason we don't have a democracy. We actually have a representative government because we want to avoid uh, government turning into just a chaos, a mad scramble. Is Different interest groups. Well, that's what fascists—that's what fascists say. The fascists say, you know, we'll tell, we'll give you everything you need. Don't even worry about it anymore. Uh, uh, you know, I, I well, hear this. A, I hear this. This point made Trump often about the Federalist Papers. Said, you know, the, everybody, uh, everybody talks about Ham, you know, Hamilton and all these guys that are writing the, writing the Federalist Papers, and it's and it, they are. It is a brilliant document. It's a brilliant collection of. Uh, of views on what the country should be and what the Constitution should be. But we also have to remind ourselves that when the Federalist Papers were written, <clears throat> this was a tiny country, and that there was no way that the, that the, the great minds that created the Federalist Papers could ever have anticipated the diversity and the complexity of our society today. Yeah, they represented only white males. Yes, and, and property owners, and only white back, male property owners. And you can go back to the Second Amendment, too, is that there's no way the founders could have ever envisioned a, a society today, a wash and AR-15s and having the mass killings that we've had. There's no way they could have anticipated that. Right. So, so your argument is, is that because times have changed, the Constitution and its principles are irrelevant. No, I'm not, sir, I, did, I, I, don't, I don't believe I said that. I, I don't believe I said that at all. No, 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 sir. Basic principles sir, are irrelevant. I don't believe I said that in any way whatsoever. What I'm simply trying to suggest to you, with all due respect, is that the Constitution is a living document. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Scalia like originalist. The, uh, originalist. You have to look at the Constitution in the context of where we are in this society today, and and there's no way the founders, as brilliant as they were, could ever have anticipated where that document would take us in 2022. It's that simple. Well, of course, of course, but certain principles remain the same, such as fairness and equality for oh, all. Oh, of course. There, no one, no one, no one would dispute that. No, no one's disputing that. Political power. You and I, we're not disputing that. The, the, well, I'm, like I'm all in favor of fairness like and equality and accountability and transparency, and I wish we had more of it. All right, Mike, I'm going to bring somebody else onto the line, but thank you for your call. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to bring Gary on. Gary's been very patient. Gary from Clearwater. What are your thoughts? Hello, guys. Um, you know what disgusts me? 
Uh, what disgusts you, Gary? You know what makes me Walker sick. situation. How many millions of people voted for that guy? Voted for who? Walk, uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, Herschel Walker. Yeah, well, right. That's a very good, that, oh, good, that's good an thought, excellent, that's Gary. An excellent point. It there goes you back go. to my original predicate. Yes. That that and it also speaks to uh, the self-interest question. Yeah. That millions of, of of Georgians voted for a guy who was patently patently unfit for office simply because he had an R after his name. Right. And that's and because they thought they could manipulate him and use him, how profoundly yeah. disrespectful! And he was a big name; he had been a football player. Yeah, and and if but he, they 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 figured he would do whatever sure. somebody told him to do. Well, and they got that with those, some others like uh, Tommy Tuberville. Tubby Tuberville couldn't find his keister with the help of GPS and <laughs> Lewis and Clark, and he's sitting in the United States Senate. Hey, thank and, you, Gary. That was a good well, point. Appreciate uh, that. And. Um, yeah, so, uh, th- I mean, Herschel Walker, how profoundly disrespectful is it to Herschel Walker and to the black community in Georgia and to, you know, actually all the voters in Georgia to put, to, to you know, champion somebody who and is I, prof- I, profoundly I, unqualified. And I, I must say, in all fairness, that his concession speech was pretty good. Yeah, you know, he, he, that was he, the best speech he gave yes, in the whole campaign. Yes, was his he concession didn't, he didn't speech. challenge the the uh, the legitimacy of the vote. He admitted defeat and uh, moved on. And I, a lot of other people didn't do that, especially in Arizona. Yeah, really. Carrie Lake, she's probably running for president too. I would, uh, I suspect. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> All right, we've got uh, Dan Ruth with us, a Pulitzer Prize winning editorial writer, uh, who's going to take your calls and comments and give you his thoughts. I've got Joseph in St. Pete, who's been very patient. Joseph, you're on the air. Yes, um, I want to talk to you about um, the gun laws. Okay. What what, what gun laws? <laughs> yeah. We're about to get permitless carry. Right. According to DeSantis, he's going to support and sign legislation right. to uh, have in Florida permitless carry. Well, you know, I dark, mean, you know, I'm petrified by the idea of Florida man having even greater access to weapons and more opportunities yeah. for open carry. Well, I mean, I've asked Santa for a bulletproof vest for Christmas because I might want to go to Publix sometime well, in 2023. You know, Oh, Shelley, as dog patch goes, so goes Florida. Yeah. And, and this was inevitable. He he telegraphed it long before the election that he wanted to do this. And, and people poured down from New York and the Midwest who wanted irony, to live where there was open carry. And the irony of this is this is the same party that likes to talk about their, their love of law enforcement and how much we love the cops. And the co- and yet, you know, they didn't care much about the 140 cops who got injured on January 6th. And, you and know, police are scared up, about this. That's right. It's going to be more dangerous for them. When these laws come up, law enforcement in all these states, they go to the legislature, Republican and Democratic sheriffs and police chiefs and, and prosecutors and state's attorneys, and they beg leg- legislators, don't do this. Don't do it. It'll make our jobs harder. It'll increase acts of violence, road rage, for example, and things like that of that nature. And people, you know, uh, people getting in an argument in public over the last eggplant on the shelf wind up in a shooting match. It's don't do it. And yet these Republican-dominated legislatures don't care. And they pass these laws uh, anyway. 
And I just uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to go to public sometime in 2023, but nowhere safe now. Not a movie theater, not the grocery store, or just driving on I four. You know, with a bunch of angry, frustrated white men in pickup trucks with truck nuts. You know, it petrifies me. Yes. You know, because and, everyone's armed and disputes that might otherwise have been settled, maybe with a. A punch being thrown, or a uh, enhance, or a hand gesture or two, will now be resolved with people pulling out guns. Yeah, I know it's very dangerous. Well, thank you for your call. Uh, I've got uh, Sam in Largo. Sam, you're on the air. Good morning. Thanks for just a few seconds. Um, you guys were discussing your sources of information and news and where you get it from, and I'd like to just offer a few alternatives yeah. that people might not know about. Um, the Young Turks, I used to like them a lot more than I do now. TYT uh, is their abbreviation. The Young Turks, uh, they give you, you know, uh, some information that you might not get, but they can kind of be some hucksters sometimes and uh, a little over ambitious in their reporting. Um, also, uh, Lee Camp is a comedian, but he does deliver good, straight, uh, factual information that you don't get from the mainstream news. Um, his show is Moment of Clarity with Lee Camp. You can find that on YouTube. And finally, the gray zone. Um, Aaron Mate is a fantastic journalist. Um, he does a lot of work on the gray zone, and you can it's G R A Y Z O N E, and you can find him on YouTube. Fantastic show. I always listen. Uh, I'm going to go offline and listen. You know, the, thank uh, you, Sam. Are, Thanks are, for calling really, in. Those are really great suggestions, and he touches upon an, a, a really interesting point, in that at the height of um, uh, John Stewart's show. Uh, John Stewart was pro- probably a better, a greater source of information on news than some news outlets, uh, and and uh, John Oliver, right, for, especially know. for younger people, right, exactly, exactly, and and, so, and but now. I cannot believe the number of young people who tell me that they get all their news from TikTok. Yes. What the hell? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, from the, TikTok. The, in, the, in the first, uh, in the early, early every semester, I ask my students, well, you know, well, where do you get your news? And they'll say, uh, oh, I get it on uh, Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. And I go, well, yeah, yeah, but where does it come from? What is the source of that news? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But TikTok, TikTok yeah. news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, hey, I'm going to bring Joseph back from uh, St. Pete, who says uh, he didn't get to make his point, because we did kind of cut oh, him I'm off sorry. on the gun stuff. My apologies. You're back, Joseph? You, yes, you, I ju- am. You, ju- you just touched a nerve. Yeah, we, we kind of went <laughs> off there well, on you. Well, this, this would really touch a nerve, these gun laws that I was talking about. Well, first of all, we have a constitutional amendment to carry a gun. So, boom. No, you don't. About that. No, you don't. Well, well, just for one moment. No, you don't, but that's okay. Is, my my thing is that you want to buy a gun. You go down, you pay the man, they do the thing. Now they give you another paper. You got to go across the street to see the you know the shrink. No, you don't. He, no, you don't. No, you don't have no, to be certified to sane to get a gun. No, you don't. No, I. This is my point exactly. Now, if I came up with this. In 15 minutes, how long is Congress going to argue this? 60, 80 years, 100 years? It's in our Constitution to ha- carry a gun. Okay, N- Not no, really. No, no, it's sorry. not. It's not. No, no, it's not. 
No. No. It's a, it, you know, it, in, at I, the time of the Second Amendment, it was a, a regulated militia. Well regulated Not militia. the angry white man in the pickup I, I gotta, truck with truck nuts. I, 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 have, to make, I have to make this point because it's, it's, my, it's my biggest. Thanks, one of Joseph. My, one of my so, biggest pet peeves on the, on, the, on the gun control issue. When I hear the people, like DeSantis will bring this up. Well, the, we, can't imp, we can't infringe upon the uh, gun-bearing rights of law-abiding citizens. We hear this all the time. Law-abiding citizens. The NRA is famous for this. And I would like to remind everybody, if you go back for the past 10, 15 years or more, all these mass shootings we have had, in this country, 99.9% of the mass shootings we have had have been committed by law-abiding citizens. Every one of them. The Pulse nightclub, Las Vegas, yeah. Uvalde, the, the, uh, all, the, the theater shooting. At the time that person pulled the trigger, right. they were a law-abiding citizen. Right. So spare me this law-abiding citizen balderdash. Yeah. But anyway, that isn't what the Constitution ever no, it, it permitted or it said. It, it was a regulated, a, a well-regulated well militia. And it's always not, overlooked. Not a bunch of angry white guys in yeah, pickup trucks with truck nuts. It's always no. overlooked. No. All right. Well, we've got some emails here that I've not been uh, doing a good job in. in oh, you've been doing a split. In, uh, Don't be bring, so hard on Bringing on to the show. But uh, let's see. Um, I was Joe in Dover. Emails. Joe in Dover wants to know what exactly is permitless carry? I heard about it recently and it sounds basically like anyone can just buy and carry firearms at will. Can you clarify this or do y'all know exactly what it is I, I since it's the DeSantis thing and he's likely to I, do it? I suspect well, the legislation hasn't passed yet. Right. But I suspect when it is passed, there will be a couple caveats in there that if you are a convicted felon, you can't buy a gun. But since they will not be doing any background checks, it's sort of on the honor system, isn't it? Yeah. And so there, there will probably be that. Yes. And if you have, uh, I would imagine if there, you, we would have a provision in there that says if you've ever had a restraining order against you, uh, in a, for a violent domestic situation or whatever, you would probably be prohibited from buying a gun. But again, we don't know since there won't be any background right. checks. We don't. We don't, know. we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. I've got an email here from uh, Norman, um, who says, "Dear Midpoint, I love listening to Dan Ruth. I hope you will have Dan back on WMNF <laughs> often." Okay, Dan. There you go. There's uh, the challenge, and he says, "I hope you keep it in archives so I can share it." Well, yes, Norman. Let me tell you, all of the Midpoint <laughs> on WMNF shows are archived at wmnf.org/midpoint, and you can go back and listen to any of our shows at your convenience on demand you can stream them or uh you can listen as a podcast because now we are now we are a podcast i think those only go back uh, about eight or nine months um as a podcast but all of the shows are available for streaming and i think they're available indefinitely in the news department um so thank you thank you for that um and larry says the constitution was formed for people who are responsible, guns included. Well, I mean, you know, they well, that's, did, that's, did assume that pe that the citizens would have a certain level of responsibility, responsibility <laughs> and, in, and, you know, intelligence and, uh, 
you know. Well, I, 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 I'm in full agreement with, with Biden and many others who say, what, what the hell do you need an AR-15 for? The, here's the problem with the whole gun control issue, too, is that they like to talk about the, 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 um, the, the primary argument is, well, you need a weapon to protect yourself against all these brigands that are hiding in the bushes waiting to <laughs> assault you. But that's not really what it's all about. It's about two other things. It's about the NRA is really the, an extension of the uh, weapons industry. Yeah. They are the lobbyists for the, the, the gun industry, number right. one. Number two, the, this great passion to have things like AR-15s and people have you know, these arsenals in their house, it's not to protect themselves against some fiend breaking into their house. The undercurrent of this is you need to be armed so you can defend yourself when the government comes for you. Yeah, that's the that's what they say. And and the idea that the, But really, the, the, wait a minute, that's what they say. But really, isn't it when, you know, uh the next pandemic comes or nuclear winter comes or whatever, they want to be able to shoot their neighbors who are coming for their, you know, stored uh survivalist well, food in the well, bunker. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my, there, for with, me, but not yeah, for you. Down there with Glenn Beck eating the powdered Yeah, prunes. exactly. Uh, that's what I think it but is. But there's also the, but there's this, there's this argument that you have to protect yourself against the government. And that's why these people are so uh, armed up. But the, and the, the harsh reality is, is you could have all the, you could have 5,000 AR-15s in your basement, all right? But if the, if the 82nd Airborne decides to come in and take you out, right. they're taking you they're out. They're taking you out, It right. doesn't matter how right. many AR-15s you have in exactly. your basement. Exactly, exactly. They're going to have... <laughs> Some sort of drone, you know, will be over your bunker yeah, yeah, you know, with some bunker busting. Yeah. An, an F fifteen will, you know, pretty well take care of yeah. all the guns you have in your bag. Right. All right. Let me let me turn to a different topic. Um, so the news needs to make money to survive, but people don't want to pay for journalism once they've had it for free. That's right. Um, so you know, what do we what do we do about that? Like one thing, I I personally subscribe to so many different news outlets. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have the resources to be able to do that. You know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Atlantic Magazine, even Mother Jones. Um, New Yorker. The New Yorker. Yeah, I like, a, a, you know, a million different news sources mm -hmm. and, and all kinds of cable streaming channels mm -hmm. as well. You know, I can do that. Not everybody can do that. But I, I just made it like a personal point of, of, of mine to not, you know, I get a lot of people, if I post something on social media, an article, if it's a news article and someone says, oh, it's behind the paywall, I can't, I can't read it. I, I, I'll, tr I'll give them the news article on an isolated basis. But if it's something like, you know, I post a great recipe or something that came out of the Washington Post and people are like, oh, no, can you, it's behind a paywall. Can you give it to me? I'm like, no, you know, I mean, you know, you got to pay for it. I, I just well, think. Well, uh, I can't, I, I can't speak for all of media, but the newspaper business sowed the seeds of its own destruction. When back in the 90s, when uh, newspapers like the Tribune were creating their online presence, they gave it away for free. Yeah. And it was this idea that we're going to build an audience. Well, that's fine. But if you're giving some, if you're giving something away for free and then you turn around and say, oh, now we're going to charge you for it. Uh, that's a heavy lift for people. What do you mean I have to pay for something you were giving giving away? Yeah. 
And the, as I, I think I mentioned in the Tiger Bay speech, to the best of my knowledge, when all this began, only the New York Times, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal, and a paper in Lawrenceville, Kansas, a family-owned paper in Lawrenceville, Kansas, immediately created paywalls. Yeah. You know, and, and so there was, it w- wasn't a financial shock to people. Oh, I, or, if, or if you got the paper delivered, you got a discount on the online service. Mm-hmm. But there was a financial connection be- yeah. between the two. Because, I, I mean, I don't know how you can do good journalism if it's not, if there's no money, well, you know? You, you, I the, mean, the, the obvious answer is you can't. Yeah. All right, let me throw a few rapid-fire questions at you before we have to wrap up the show. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Trump versus DeSantis. Who wins hmm. in the primary if it's Trump versus DeSantis? Uh, I I still will not rule out Trump. Yeah. Because although he's had a, a substantial decline in his support among uh, the um, party elites, so to speak, he still enjoys a pretty broad base of support. And in a crowded primary field, that may be all you need. And again, you know, uh, Mr. DeSantis has really not been tested on the national stage. Yeah. So I think that all we have to do is read the biography of President uh, uh, Scott Walker <laughs> and President Giuliani and President <laughs> Hillary Clinton uh, to say, uh, yes, he. Uh, you have to sort of give DeSantis a nod that he's in a good position. Yeah. But this is far from over. Right. This is, we have a long way to go. Okay. All right. So Biden runs for a second term or not? And no. if not, uh, who instead? I think the field would, I don't think he's going to run for a second term. I don't term. either. And the field will open up pretty pretty broadly. Obviously, Kamala Harris is going to run, and Biden will have to give her some support because she's the, his vice president. You think? Uh, well, I think he would I have think to. he would step back and not support well, anybody well, in the primary. Too, I think, I Gavin, think we're going to see Gavin Newsom, Gavin, though. I think Gavin Newsom and Klobuchar and uh, perhaps Elizabeth Warren. And I have a dark horse for you. Okay, uh, who? The uh, senator from Connecticut. Who? Uh, Chris. Um, oh, Chris Coons. No, from Chris? Connecticut. The, uh, the, the oh, I'm having him drawn up. The gun guy. The gun guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember his last name. It's not Chris Coons. Maybe not. No, he's uh, Delaware. Oh yeah, Delaware. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's the Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy, Murphy. Mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, the Sandy Hook guy, because yeah. that's been his uh, he's young, issue. He's articulate, good-looking guy. Good issues. I would not rule him out. I think Gavin Newsom, though. He's the head of the pack for me, I think. Looks too much like Gordon Gecko, but that's okay. (laughs) All right. we got to wrap it up uh, today. But I have so enjoyed having Dan Ruth back with us on WMNF. And so have a number of our listeners who are emailing me to please give Dan his own show. And, of course, I don't have that kind of power here. Um, If you joined us late in the show, feel free to go back and listen on demand from the archives at WMNF.org slash bid point or on the app or find us uh, wherever you get your podcast thanks to our volunteers jessica green my board op and barbara fling who answers the phone and as always i thank you the wmnf listeners for your interest and support of midpoint if you enjoyed the show please consider dropping a tip in the tip jar and please direct your donation to mpw midpoint wednesday now please stay tuned for talking animals with duncan strauss up next we are wmnf tampa I was